The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Why is shame such a powerful emotion? How does it affect us mentally, physically, emotionally? I'm Nadia Davis. I'm a mom, author, attorney, and kundalini yoga teacher who has experienced public shaming that brought me to my knees. On this podcast, I'm going to tell you how I'm living the work taking shame out of the shadows. I'll give you real-life advice and skills to take away with you throughout your day. You'll hear from powerful guests who have overcome trauma and emerged stronger than ever. You too can ban the shame within and around you. Join me. You are not alone. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Home is Within You. Today, we have a special guest, Eric Perez-Brain, who blows my mind. Um, Just a fantastic human being and overall just leader in so many ways. His goal is to help children with positive self-control And his hope is that young readers of his book and books come away from them with an improved concept of themselves. I met Eric through the International Latino Book Awards because, like me, he is an honorable mention. um, And I was drawn to his teachings and his words while we gathered online um, about helping children transform what I believe is shame into power. And I, I think like anything that is helping others can actually help people transform shame. And when he was talking about kids, I just thought, okay, I'm going to reach out to him and see if he will be interviewed. And he agreed. I'm going to describe <clears throat> some general signs of shame and how it showed up for me as a child and also how I see it show up for my kids. And then while my book shares, you know, a spiritual solution and describes how breath work enabled calm and safety in my own body, and that's the work that I do helping others with today that I'm trying to pass down to my kids, there is also another way. And I believe that that Eric's approach is also a solution that can direct our ego mind to work on our behalf. So we'll dive into his book, his story, and his coaching tips so we can help our kids shift the energy that may be focused on shame-based feelings instead to positive affirmations. So first, I'm going to read, do you want me to read your bio? I would like to read your bio. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay. Eric Perezbane is a father, an entrepreneur, a soccer coach, 
a jiu-jitsu medalist, an art collector, and an avid traveler. There is so much to explore here. (laughs) He studied an MBA in sports management and has a wealth of experience spanning over 10 years coaching children. While living in New York City, Eric was advised early on to take a storytelling class. That stuck, and he later went to advance his studies in children's psychology and storytelling. Eric knows the importance of positive self-control and hopes that the young readers of his books come away with an improved concept of themselves. He writes of ancient exercises and sports psychology in an enjoyable yet understandable language with the focus to teach children how to manifest their affirmations. So welcome, Eric. I'm so happy you're here. I know that there's going to be a lot of overlap in the work that we do, and I hope that this is the first of a couple of interviews. Um, That was just reading a bio. I want you to tell us your story, please. Sure. So um, I had always wanted, I, I don't like to be labeled things, so I always like to do new things. And so writing a book was a, was just a new uh, goal that I had before my son turned two years old. I wanted to he's, publish. He's two? He's two now. He's two. Oh now. my gosh. His name is Sebastian and his dog is Sunday. Oh and my gosh. The book is the Adventures of Sebastian and Sunday. And so that's him and our puppy. And that's those are the characters right there. The Adventures of Sebastian and Sunday. So that is the book series. And Good Luck is My Guardian Angel is the first book in the series, which is the introduction. And it shows, uh, it teaches kids how to empower their affirmations on a daily life, on the level of the daily life, and the daily mundane things, and the playground, and stuff like that. This book, in particular, is talking about the playground. And okay. I, you know, I didn't know that it was based on your son and dog. That is so beautiful, like endless inspiration. Yeah, so now my uh, we have a book, too, that's going to be coming out. It's about... It's about uh, manifesting your affirmations in sports and learning how to use them in any sport but the book is going to be about the jujitsu the sport of jujitsu and so it's used we use jujitsu because it's a a fighting sport technically it's like an mma a mixed martial art and so uh, if you can apply it into a mixed martial art then you can apply it mostly to every other sport and i know Mm -hmm. that you can because I'm a soccer coach as well as um, a, a club director, but I also study sports psychology. Which one do you like the most? Or that's a terrible question. <laughs> you know, I I believe that jujitsu makes you a better person. I do truly yes. believe that. And I don't believe that any other sport, some of the martial arts, maybe that's arguable, but I don't really believe that much any of the other sports make you a better person. Um, the yeah, way that my kids did Taekwondo and, and the general overall lessons about respecting elders and just fairness um, was emphasized. And I couldn't agree more. Exactly. And when you're a kid, I, I went through all of those and I'm like, I can't waste my time with these speeches. I want to learn backflips. And I quit <laughs> all of those because I'm 
you know, I guess you could say I'm like, I'm a red, I have red fire energy. So I'm like, let's go, go, go. I, I and now I, you know, full circle, full circle. Now I'm writing a book about it. And, and the book actually is, is uh, full of the virtues and the speeches and the discipline. It's, it's very much so about that. So I have a question because I can already tell that we're like similar um, people. Um, do you carry your phone around and, and do notes because you'll have this connecting the dots inspiration or an idea and or do, do you do that? I, I, I do. For your books? <laughs> when I'm in writing mode, it's all day notes. Like, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, and, you know or after a, a dream and you're like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll forget this. So, yeah, when you're in, when we're in writing mode, it's very much so like that. Or when we're creating something, it's, it's very much so like that. Okay, folks. So this is his first book. It's Good Luck is My Guardian Angel, and it's a series, The Adventures of Sebastian and Sunday, and it's available on Amazon. And again, this is the first of the series, so I'm super excited. Okay, so someone told you that you should be a storyteller when you were young, <laughs> and how did that evolve after that? Yeah, so... Um, and where were you born? Where... So I, I was, I was, um, I'm from the San Fernando Valley, so from Los Angeles area, greater LA, and, and I grew up, I went to school in Bel Air and, and Los Angeles and Mulholland, all these places I was living. I lived in LA, but then I went to school at UCSB. My family moved in towards Simi Valley, so now we're in Simi Valley, the Ventura area. I went to school at Santa Barbara, then after school I wanted to go to Wall Street, went to New York. And oh, that's what brought you to Wall Street. Yeah, so I, I was yeah. I was yeah one of those, and I went to to go try to conquer Wall Street. And then I'm, I'm interviewing with all these people, and I realized like this is not me. These people are robots. This is not me. And um, that was your soul calling. And uh, I ended up getting a job for the producers of Wicked and Jersey Boys, and the, the producers in broad on Broadway, and I was doing their. Mm -hmm finance for them and I was like 21 years old maybe you know young mm -hmm. kid and uh, he looks 21 now <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you yeah so this was a while ago and uh 2010 I was living there and a lot of actors and actresses work in and around that that environment and so all the accountants are aspiring actresses all of them uh -huh. they're everybody's aspiring actors to be on Broadway Mm -hmm. And I made friends with a lot of the actors and actresses and the actresses, one of them in particular, um, she's, she's probably on Broadway right now. Uh, she says, you know, you need to take a storytelling class because I think like she, maybe it was just that I would say things that were cool, but in the wrong way or something. I don't know mm -hmm. what sparked that. And, and that stuck. And then finally, years later, I did it. I just did an online course, you know, on it, and I did a bunch of them, <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, okay. it that's what sparked part of it, you know. That was that was like learning to become a storyteller, then made the storytelling so much more easy, and it allowed the story to kind of flow out. So I did do a lot of research beforehand. Mm -hmm. I did do a lot of research, and then, okay, to make it easier. <laughs> You did? 
Yeah, of course. So, but then what happened after that? So, so, um, was it becoming a father that then you realized the the father part was the deadline. I I wanted to have a book published before he could speak. Um, that way, um, I'm always one step ahead of the game, you know? So were you in New York when you became a father? Or was no, it- no, that was like New York was 2010. Okay, my, so what happened my, in that decade? My So I moved back from New York uh, just because it wasn't necessarily working financial for me. Uh, financially, I was a young kid. I wasn't making enough. And I needed to focus. I couldn't focus in that city. It's so amazing. It's like every night there's something to do. So I had to come home, back to California. So that was a huge decision. How long were you there? Uh, I was in New York only a year. And oh, okay. My wife, my my wife that I, that I'm with now, who who features in the book as well, is the reason I came back from New York. And okay. I came back for her, and now we have a two and a half year old son. We're we've been married oh, for five and a half years. Distance and, couldn't break that love. Yeah. Yeah. And now you created a beautiful being. Yeah, he's a special boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. Okay, so you came back to California and then what happened in that decade? Well, we moved to LA, <laughs> living in like Koreatown, two young kids in LA and working in Santa Monica in finance. And uh this whole time I'm I'm coaching soccer at So night. you're working in finance, okay. I'm working in finance, but I, I just don't like accounting. That's the truth. You know, I, I just don't like it. So I'm like, I don't want to be labeled. I got to keep doing stuff. I got to stay active. I have to have you know, some side stuff. So, so I and you to... have an MBA. Yeah. So I, I okay. after living in LA, I decided, yeah, I'm going to get my MBA. But I, I, you know, looking around at the options, I'm like, you know, everybody goes to, you know, well, the top kids go to UCLA. A lot of people go to CSUN in the local Ruin. area. Right. I go, I already went to UCSB. I can't do a ma- you know i was like thinking of which programs if it was up to me i would have done a humanities and just enjoyed it but mm-hmm. i you know i couldn't because it's not you know it's it's for financial gain and for uh, for professional development so i decided i'm going to go to real madrid in spain and i'm going to do the sports management program uh, with real madrid in spain he's like i'm going to go to spain and do this that's like so casually that is awesome <laughs> that is freaking awesome yeah, so that was one of the best decisions I could have made uh, because when I came back, I was the only one that had ever done that uh, in, mm-hmm. in the community. And there's maybe two or three of us now out here in California that have been in that program and have the, have those connections. And so my soccer my soccer club, ASA Futsal, it's a futsal club, has now been growing because of that experience that I've had. And now uh, that is my evening job and that's my my personal club that i own and i have now five teams five youth teams that are training for us really so i'm a soccer coach i have uh, about 11 different types of licenses and uh, certifications for that and so that's why I, i i like to coach kids it's easier for me so when you came back you started coaching and then you loved it so much you eventually started managing and then you created your own company that story is is even further the soccer story is a whole nother has a whole nother timeline because uh, i had a business partner and he franchised his outdoor soccer club 
to the LA Galaxy. And I was coaching at the LA Galaxy. And he made me the liaison for the club. So then I became, for the LA Galaxy Alliance, I became a pre-academy coach, a pre-academy director, pre-academy manager for three different Because you knew the finance and structural side. So you had the physical. Yeah. Yeah. So So you had the physical skill, the athletic skill, but then the, 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 the brains also, I mean, it takes brains to have competitive nuance in any sport, but I mean, the finance and the management part, it then got you into these other yeah, positions. Yeah, it, it opened okay. the door because they looked at me as a professional. In soccer, you have to be a professional because it's just a sport that anybody can play at park and anybody can tell you that they're a coach. And so, you know, there are clear levels and degrees of experience that you can, you can clearly see. And mm-hmm. so for those reasons, I was allowed to be working with the board of directors. And so I was one of the board members. I became one of the board members. Um, and and what is it called? It was the LA Galaxy Conejo Valley Alliance. It was the LA Galaxy. It was okay. the LA Galaxy Conejo Valley uh, Alliance Club. Okay. And I was the coach, manager, and you could say assistant director of the program for boys that were born in 2005 boys that were born in 2004 and boys that were born in 2003 and at that time they were like 15 years old and now those boys are all playing not all of them but they're going to play professional some of them okay so eric what is your heritage so my mother is from medellin colombia and my father is from lima peru and they both they both uh, migrated, emigrated over here a long time ago, and they went to uh, Balboa High School, and they were Colombia high school. Colombia and Peru, you, gosh, the food yes. that you grew up with. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, every time we go to Peru, it's amazing. Yeah, and then we compare it to how they make it here in the States. <laughs> and, and it's just not as good? Well, I mean, you know, it's the capital of the world for food, Peru is. Colombia is good too, but it's not as, it's not, it's different. <laughs> I remember one of my best friends at UCLA, we went to a Peruvian restaurant um, on the West side and he ordered, um, it was a whole bunch of us. He was Peruvian um, like appetizers and stuff. And I took a bite. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And he's like, you just ate cow balls or bull balls. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's like this mean. delicate meat. So anyways, um, not that that reflects Peruvian food. Peruvian food is like so good. But okay, so that, that was the heritage. And are they still in the valley? No, they, we've all moved to Simi. So my, most of my family okay. lives in Simi and in Peru. And the other half, all of my other educated cousins live in Boston. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, you... you are coaching you're in on this board for the galaxy and the league in the valley and then um how long were you there oh i worked with the la galaxy for about three years i was also their their tournament director which i failed to mention um so just to give like a like a an idea of like what i did one weekend tournament with uh, 200 teams 
uh, on about 23 fields across uh, three parks. That's what I was managing as the tournament director. And so, so you're the big picture, a lot of moving pieces, visionary manager type. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it, you like it was a lot, but I have to give credit to the board members that were there at the time who were amazing people. Um, and they taught me everything. I, 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 I learned everything from them. Them, Gosh, what was that like? It must have been fascinating. It's growing up fast. That's what it is. It's growing yeah. up fast because you're dealing with board members who, you know, you know, important people that get things done right away. And I just got used to getting things done right away. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Did it help? Were there any um, like family or personal struggles to ask that that you know? during any of that time and where, you know, you were able to then kind of change your thinking or, um, and, and kind of what led into the work that you do today and the messages, was it your own personal or was it just becoming a father or not just? So, um, that's a, it's a good story. I, uh, my family collects art. Um, as a hobby, over time, my, one of my uncles is a is a very excellent painter, and so we have commissioned him for things. But then I started to explore outwards and start to accumulate art. And so I like to get rare books and manuscripts, and then I have to get, read them or translate them. Uh, and then I started to learn that a lot of these ancient manuscripts, that a lot of the ancient manuscripts, all speak about your affirmations and. Um, empowering your affirmations and that's a big um it's like a collective uh read in between the lines kind of message that i got and i started to study a little bit more and that's how i i learned a lot more about you know the, the way that energy works in in when you empower your affirmations and, or for instance, when you say a prayer and you light a candle, you are technically sacrificing the candle and you're offering it up to the angel or deity that's going to handle and, and accomplish your wish or desire or goal. And so then I realized, oh, wow, this is already like people are doing it already, but you know, how can we empower this? And then, I go down this rabbit hole and um, and then I realized, wow, this, there's a lot to it. And so the book is just part one of understanding it and, and learning about it. And then part two is going to be applying it into you know sports and your daily life. And then part three is going to be now the maximum and it's going to be called an intuition training. But how did it evolve within you? Like from when you were on the board and then these collections, this is like more part of your personal life. Um, did you have like a uh, several or, or one or several of like aha moments where it struck something like within you some somewhere deep in your heart and and you followed that? Yeah, so I, it was like, you know, I've always, something I always wanted to do. But my son being born was what triggered the timeline part of it. 
I'm like, now it's time. Because once he starts talking, I'm going to have no time. So okay. I figured, like, at least to write. So I figured that was, that was, it's time. But yeah, okay. it was just an idea that had been brewing for a while, I guess. Okay. So I want to get into your current work because this is just a beautiful evolution. And um, I mean, the podcast is called Home is Within You, Transforming Shame into Power, because I believe that shame just vehemently is the is the ego mind's biggest weapon to separate us from our true self and from each other. And I'm going to describe like the feelings that not only the different um, people I've interviewed have mentioned, um, some that I relate to, and also what I see in my children is how shame shows up because I want to get right into these the, your technique with um, empowering affirmations. Um, I mean, when we're born, we there is no like ego identity. We don't have an inkling that we don't deserve love, food, or shelter, you know, to be held. And what I learned uh, through a lot of different things, particularly Kundalini Yoga, was that over time, you know, this ego or identity is developed. And in spiritual teachings, which I'm sure you've read and are familiar with, the term ego, you know, it refers to like a false sense of self. And it's often characterized by like an attachment to our outside identity, you know, desires or material possessions, roles, um, the labels you mentioned, and our purpose, our purpose that it drives, you know, us when we wake up in the morning. And so it's like, it's an aspect of the consciousness, however, that I believe creates a sense of separation from others and from the infinite and, and from our true selves, if we allow certain feelings to be so frequent that we start to, you know, latch on to the stories or illusions our mind makes up about certain situations and start to believe them as truth. Now, when the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors are driven by fears, judgments, um, and just overall longing for acceptance and fears of abandonment that we all have. Um, shame shows up. And I believe, you know, if we're not observant of the, the quote unquote, more minor feelings um, and how shame shows up, that it easily can become it. And so what I learned the hard way was that these thoughts and these, these feelings, they show up through core wounds and core beliefs from early, early on as a child. And, and we all have um, the longing for acceptance, to be loved, to be adored. And that all comes from an ego identity that fears abandonment, that fears not being seen. And what I saw in doing my own trauma therapy and um, work in the past was that the, the trauma that had occurred 
and that I then that created these beliefs that that I then held so tightly onto, I re-traumatized myself. But the way that they showed up and that I'm hoping this podcast helps people with is these types of feelings. So it's like Priya Jane explained, a sense of awkwardness, um, you know, being told you're too sensitive and so you feel awkward and different, um, like an outsider, very subtle feelings. This is how shame shows up. It can show up in anger, in in resentment towards others, um, due to humiliation. Um, it can also show up or criticism, or judgment from others. It can be coming up through anger. Another way is um, by armoring up, um, and you know we prepare ourselves to be in the energy of others, which is a really really good thing. I'm just pointing out that it may be coming from some shame based feelings, and if we don't armor up enough, we may start beating ourselves up, and it just gets this wasted energy in a direction that Eric's going to help us shift. Another thing is self-doubt, like a paralyzing feeling, confusion, um, and overall, like a running to standstill mode, as I like to call it. It's like you get up, you make your to-do list, and you have to prove everything to the world a grin and bear it mode, your, your feelings or your hurt or your needs don't matter. And so when I see it show up in my kids, that's like clear projection. They're afraid of um, not getting an equal amount of mommy's love or attention. And so they'll call their brother a bad name or, or um, they'll tell on their brother Um, and, or, you know, uh, definitely fear. I mean, this morning they had crazy hair day at school and they, and so I temporarily dyed their hair blue. And so they're in the car and they're anxious. They're like, what if nobody else has crazy (laughs) hair? And they're like full of this, these stories in their head that they'll walk out and they'll be shamed or ashamed. And so it was anxiety. It was fear of judgment, you know, and there's so many different ways that that shame or potential shame can show up. And so when this is being observed in children, I'm so excited to, to have you share how those feelings, instead of being wasted in allowance of feeding them even more and and them becoming shame. What do you coach children into doing to instead fill that energy with positive affirmations? And is this what the book is about? Yeah, actually very much so. Um, This is a perfect example. Um, So for instance, if you're doing something after the fact in a reactive manner, this is going to work. It has to be preventative and done beforehand. So, for instance, the book is about empowering your affirmations and it is about visualizations. The book is about visualizations and visualizing these moments where you're going to be anxious. 
And so before the night before where we're dying, um, little Jimmy's hair bright green and he goes, Oh no, mom, I, this is a bad idea. Nobody's going to make fun of me. He goes, listen, close your eyes, visualize going to school tomorrow. Visualize it from getting dropped, from getting ready in the morning, from spiking your hair up in the mirror at home, all the way through, visualize the whole thing, the ride to school. You're going to be nervous. You don't know what they're going to say. Then you get out of the car, visualize, you're going to be nervous. And then everybody shows up and everybody's hair is weird. You show up and everybody has weird hair and nobody even cares. And oh, haha. Okay, let's go in. Class starts. The bell ring. And the kid's like, the way I visualized it, something that's going to happen in a normal way, but that's not what he's envisioning. He's envisioning something that's causing him anxiety or causing him some sort of other feeling. So as a parent, if we know he's going to be anxious going into that event tomorrow, into that class speech, into that performance or into the singing performance, I forget what it would be called. Um, you visualize it the night before. Okay. See, and I so love this because it, it, it directs the ego mind the way in a way where we're telling it what to do. And versus all these thoughts just take a ride of their own and and <clears throat> send, you know, more anxiety. So this visualizing, I love that because it says, no mind, you're going to have this visual in your head and it's going to fill the space up there and not the other stuff. Yeah. I love that. And, and it's very important to add you have to envision adversity in this, in this visualization. Okay, so visualize the situation and then visualize adversity. Tell, tell them in your imagination. Imagine somebody comes up and says, ha ha, that's not my favorite green. It's a different color green, uh, whatever. And they insult him. He visualizes okay. it like, wow, it really, it's not a big deal. And then just keep, keep going and get through okay. that and keep going. And then when that happens, somebody comes up and says something. He's like, I knew that was going to happen. And he just keeps going. Okay. You know, and it's like, and if it doesn't happen, he's like, ah, I'm ready for it. And okay. so, and so, so it, you can, yeah, it, in, a, in a sense, this is considered front loading. You could front load. That's what we could call okay. it. Um, but the book now takes it to another level where, it teaches you the ancient technique on how to make that even stronger and how to make it more empowered and how to give your kids that edge to make it really work when they do go to school and they okay. get confronted with those issues. That's, I love it. So yeah. say more. <laughs> yeah. So technically it could, quick, it could be long. It could be. You know, so there's there's a lot of studies in the sports world about this. They study this going into competition. So Michael Phelps has videos all over all over the internet about this. He wrote it in his book. He did his visualizations for two hours or longer, and he would combine them with lucid dreams. Lucid, you know, before you go to sleep, you can do it. And there's rock climbers that are on record saying these things, and they visualize slipping a grip 
when they're hanging over a cliff backwards, they say that they visualize it. So that way, when they're there and it happens, they don't fail because they're nervous. They're like, oh, dude, this is exactly what happened. Like, I knew this was going to happen. And now you're like, all I got to do is overcome it like I did already. And so now you create a new synapse in your mind by visualizing yourself getting over those obstacles. So then when it's time for you to be confronted with that obstacle and get over it, all you're doing is going, well, I have already connected that synapse. I'm just going to reuse it mm -hmm. instead of trying. If you're to writing the story in your head <laughs> instead of letting it just run free. There is a little way. Yeah, you could say that. You could say that. And that's why the book is called but Good the, Luck. But the my synapses, say more about that. That's different. Well, I, you know, I'm not a certified <laughs> professional by any means to be talking about synapses in the brain. Um, but you create a new synapse, you create a new experience for yourself in your mind, and then you're able to do it in the future because you've, you've kind of have the experience. Mm -hmm. So another way of explaining some of the underlying way the energy works in this book is when you lay down to go to sleep and you close your eyes and you imagine that you're falling and you, you, you jolt and you try to, Oh, and then you remember, Oh, I'm in bed. You've has that ever happened to you? No. Okay. So sometimes when right before you, you fall into a sleep, you can have this weird dream, or let's say you wake up from a dream sweating. You wake up from a dream sweating, okay? This is a prime example that- We had a bad dream last night. Yeah. Your brain does not know the difference between reality and your imagination. I see. And so your brain, you can, by imagining things, you can take your brain into those places and gain experience. Oh, yes, I get it. So then you're able to operate so automatically prepared. And then when you go up to speak and you can't speak because you're so nervous, then you go, that's never going to happen again. Mm. Read the book, you get the extra techniques. And then the next time you speak, you are significantly less, less nervous. For the next time you can okay i have woken up in like panic yeah i see what you're saying so okay then, and then where do you like the words and affirmations come in is it part of the front loading process or is it this is a so, separate technique right so so that's essentially your root source which is going to be your goal or your purpose so okay. for instance if you know it's blue hair day and that's our purpose and that's our goal and the goal is to just be relaxed all day then your affirmations are going to be based on being relaxed all day okay you see and you decide how to do it you know and you visualize it what you ex what you imagine relaxation to be is different than what i imagine and so you envision it in detail mm-hmm what they say, oh, you aim small, miss small. 
Aim small, miss small. And home is within you is the same as as inside, as without, mm -hmm. right? As as below, so above. So and they they remove that from our education as within, as at, what is it? Esoteric and exoteric. Oh, no one's ever told me that. That's really so cool. What happens within will project with that on the outside. Okay. I would love to dive in to your book. You explained the inspiration through your son and Sebastian and Sunday, your cat. And I, I really want to give you some time to, to share about it and show us the book. We're going to have a link to it. it. There is a link in the description. And just open it up to you after we've heard how it evolved, how it was inspired, and then some of the tips that people will find in it to help what I believe kids transform shame into positive affirmations. I so believe it can be applied to that. So tell us more about your book. Do you have one in front of you still? Yeah. So um, The Adventures of Sebastian and Sunday, Good Luck is My Guardian Angel. It's... Uh, Sebastian and Sunday. It's his puppy and my son. And the book um, is the introduction to empowering your affirmations. So the first step is understanding how to do that in mundane activities. And not mundane, but just daily activities. Things that you wouldn't necessarily use affirmations for. Things that you wouldn't expect could help you 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 know you, you just some kids are unaware of it and mm -hmm. so the first book just introduces it to you um and, and you explained the visualization um and all those steps that really uh takes control of a story our mind may have so that that doesn't take a life of its own so visualization so, through. so just some feedback that I recently got the other day from a parent, one of my soccer players, their parents bought the book and the father read it before the daughter read it because he was vetting it maybe. And he read the book and I got an email at one in the morning saying, you know, this book is amazing. The, this is excellent. And he says, this is so interesting because I personally, this is the father saying this, I personally envision myself going to meetings with people. And in my visualization, I try to find out how I can help them. And mm. he said this, he front loads his business meetings using this technique. And he, um, you know, I, I clearly, I responded, I said, oh, this is an amazing you know, response. Thank you so much. But that's an excellent technique. You know, I should start using that, you know, but yes, <laughs> you I know, which, should. which does, it does help. It does help uh, a lot. A and, lot. you know, we're not taught these things when we're little. We're not taught, you know, we're not a body or our mind and, and ego stuff. It's like, but the way that you've written it and the way you approach it with your son gives these basic tools that we can 
can implement in our own lives. I love that. I do that um, with my sons. I've learned to identify or put a name on my feelings. I had to learn that the hard way. Treatment, jail, hospitalizations, unaddressed trauma and core wounds. Putting a name on feelings was like eye-opening, you know? So to have Mm. feelings charts in the house reminds me that I need to do the same. And with your book and the steps that you went through, parents can do it along with their kids. Mm -hmm. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it helps develop like, you know, mother, mothers always have like a real deep intuition when it comes to their kids, you know, the kids at the store and a firecracker goes off on the corner. Mom calls, Hey, um, are you okay? What are you doing? You know, I just had a weird Mm -hmm. feeling. And this type of stuff helps amplify your intuitions and it helps amplify your uh, receiving of that information. Um, So if there's a panic or a thought, it's going within and front loading with, okay, there is this danger, this worry, this instinct. I'm going to play it through and I'm going to envision a different ending. Is that what you you mean? Yeah. And you envision your ending uh, as detailed as possible. Uh, so on the on the dire end, on the on the panic end, on the worst case scenario, or a, a good way of ending. So, for instance, it's um, I'm not sure exactly like the best example, but I'll give you a personal example. Like I do jujitsu, and the second book in the series is going to be regarding jujitsu, and it's how to manifest your affirmations in sports. And you have two different ways of playing sports. You have the training methods, and then you have the competition methods. And so there's Mm -hmm. different types of visualizations for those, and there's techniques for those. And so when I do a visualization for jujitsu, I do imagine that the other guy is as good as me or better, and he smothers me. And he's not choking me, but I'm imagining that I am totally stuck smashed under him on the floor and I cannot move. And then I have to go, okay, I'm about to panic, but that's not the solution. The solution is what is the technique? Because in jujitsu, you learn the technique for escaping. So you have to stick to that or else nothing else is going to work. So you have to stick to the technique. Fascinating because in trauma therapy and EMDR, you visualize a different ending and, and the light uh, well, that is desensitizes you, see, this... you to the severity, but this is a different approach in terms no, you... of you can you can survive and walk through the full effect of an assault, a strangulation, and I'm just giving an example in my right. personal experience. Yes. I that frightens me, and I can't imagine redoing that. Yet it can twist or it can flip a nightmare. That's an immediate skill, like in the morning with flashbacks or nightmares. What anybody can do is, is well, I, I experienced that again. I lived through it, and and I'm I'm okay. I yeah, love so, that idea. So, I'm okay. I survived. So, for instance, to to use what you just said as one of the examples, <laughs> somebody that that has like flashbacks in the mornings. Okay, so before you go to bed, you front load on how to, you visualize yourself, you visualize yourself encountering those flashbacks in the morning before you go to bed. 
okay? And you do the technique the night before you lay in bed and, and, and you just, you know, you imagine yourself going through this obstacle, but you also imagine yourself, you know, what's the end goal is to get through it. And, you know, yes, I might, if, if I, I hear a loud noise, for instance, and I get scared, it's going to happen. Even somebody without an issue, here's an right. explosion and something I'm going to freak out. So you're not going to ever get rid of that. You have to know, okay, we're going to go through that. And so when you're able to go, okay, I'm super in, fascinating. back to jujitsu yeah. because this is like the strangulation mm-hmm. where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm squirming. Like this is the end of, this is the end. Like this is not, there's no like, oh, it's not anxiety. It's like, you, you know, they're going to choke you. So you have to be able to go, wow, I'm freaking out. But I have to remember the specific technique. Step one, you know, protect the neck. Step two, you, know, you want to go two hands to one, for instance, as an example. And then that way you can have more strength. So that, I don't want to get too much into, you know, mm-hmm. type of stuff. However, let's focus on your front loading for the issues that you're going to have in that morning. So that way when you're like... You're going to grab your coffee and, and you ordered it or whatever, and they're about to hand it to you. And you have a quick flashback and you like, you know, you freak out. You're like, yeah, I already knew that was going to happen. It transforms yeah. the the fear and the anxiety of, of the worry of having one into like, it's a I love the word front load, into experiencing it and and having the skill, I mean, diving into the severity is what I'm saying. Diving into the, the darkness. It's the fear of the darkness and, and the attack or anything that really um, takes away, you know, the light, as a saying, um, mm-hmm. the fear, not the darkness itself. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, diving into the fear and, and the memory and and then front loading and that okay this this is going to happen and it it transforms that fear really into in, empowering and, and more of a control that's great do you like how i applied it to trauma <laughs> i think that it 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 kind of already applies and we're yes. just kind of connecting everything you know and mm-hmm. i think that Originally, you remember the original emails that he had sent me, we had a different idea, but I think that this has been amazing because mm-hmm. I did not realize that your examples were going to be so easy for me to connect, so to speak. I know? see. And so yeah, I think well, that it worked out really well. I mean, this can help children in so many different scenarios, so many, so many, especially if they have a parent that's struggling or if they themselves are struggling. It's, it's really, I love this technique. So I, I don't know if I asked you the name, the title. So we know good luck is my guardian. So he's saying, check the book out, leave a review. And we are moving through some technical difficulties, but guys, the website for his book is in the description and I want to thank everybody for being here. It's always good to transform our trauma healing, our 12-step work into life skills we can teach our children. And I am forever grateful that my own journey is allowing me the opportunity to do that today. I want to thank you, Eric Perez-Brain, 
fellow honorable mention from the International Latino Book Awards. And just say thank you for the work you do. I also want to say if anybody purchase his book, please let me know if you would like a donation of his book. I am going to offer that I will buy three different copies and send them to any parent out there in recovery. If, if you go through the Mind Body Spirit app, download that, press the open mic icon, and leave me a message. Okay, it's super easy. Sending a load of warm hugs. Please comment about this podcast and let me know what more things you would like to hear. Also, have you checked out the series on core wounds? It's really quite something. Sending warm hugs. Bye. Of a flame that never dies. You are not alone. If you are dealing with shame and trauma, please reach out to me through my website, nadia-davis.com. You can get a free band shame tip sheet and find out about upcoming events. I'd love it if you picked up my book, Home is Within You, wherever books are sold. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, leave a review, and make sure to follow me on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sending warm hugs. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.